Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Andy J podcast. Hey, welcome to the very latest episode of the Andy J Podcast. It's episode number 45 for those that care about that sort of thing. What a show we have for you this week. Now, last week, we decided to mix things up a little bit and have some individual shows, individual episodes. So we brought you a new show on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday with Alan McGee, Sally Phillips and then the Kemps on our Thursday show. This week, we're reverting to type a little bit for the simple reason that the three guests that I spoke to for the radio show just happened to be really really, really complimentary. They're all performers, they're all actors and performers and general people of media excellence. And they just felt like really well grouped. Plus also the interviews are a little shorter than we usually have, so it didn't quite feel justified giving them solo episodes, if that makes sense. Not to take anything away from the conversations, however, they are top draw. I'm so pleased to be able to tell you some of the coolest people we've had on the show are all here, right here, right now. In reverse order, today, joining our conversation carousel, you will be able to hear from Alexander Armstrong. Oh yes, the host of Pointless, the voice of Danger Mouse, and if you like other kids' shows, also the voice of Hey Dougie, and he's in Peppa Pig as well. Um, but also one part of comedy duo that was a big part of my uh, youth, being Armstrong and Miller. So Alexander Armstrong, looking forward to chatting to him. It's a bit of a giggle, this conversation. It's about how uh, characters in shows could be greener and how they do it. And it's, it's just a bit of a laugh. So we enjoy that. My middle guest today is an actor who I just, I couldn't love more. I think she is absolutely wonderful. Not only because she's a, an incredible performer and she has the most amazing range. I mean, properly, jaw-droppingly excellent. She also happens to be a just amazing person who I get on like a house on fire with. It turns out she lives very close to me. I didn't know this until I was in Des. Uh, I was in a tiny part in Des, but she was a big part in Des alongside David Tennant and Daniel Mays. And so she and I would share lifts to the set and we got to know each other and we've been friends ever since. It's Brona War. She's just awesome. You'll know Brona from The Fall, Unforgotten, Hollyoaks, Des, as I mentioned, and a brand new drama that started last night on ITV. If you're listening to this in real time, then you'll be able to catch The Fall on ITV, sorry, Viewpoint on ITV every night. Started last night, Monday night, and it's on every night this week. And wow, she's the lead role alongside Noel Clark. What a drama. So Brona, brilliant lover, she's our middle guest. First up, we're going in big. We're pulling out the big guns. He is Billy Russo in The Punisher. He was in The Chronicles of Narnia, Westworld. He's in the movies Killing Bono, Seventh Son and Easy Virtue. And now he's in what I genuinely believe will be one of the biggest shows Netflix has ever had. Not just for this season, but I'm convinced this is going to roll on and on and on. It's the incredible Shadow and Bone. And one of the main characters in Shadow and Bone is Ben Barnes. Top man. Fantastic chat. 
Here he is. The Andy J Podcast. Hey, now I can see you as well. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Do you know what? I, now I can see you. I just want to yell Russo at you. <laughs> do you know what? People people do it in the street sometimes. I've, I've, I'll be walking along, coming out the supermarket, and, I'll, and I, think it, I think it's because people love to do impressions of John Bernthal's <laughs> yeah. growl. I'll be walking down the street, they <laughs> also get a lot of um, a lot of just messages on Twitter or, or, or comments on Instagram pictures that just say Russo with about sixteen, uh, <laughs> and I think they'd like to shout maybe. <laughs> and, and obviously, your natural reaction when they ha- when they do that in the street is just to kill them, presumably. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> right. Listen, welcome to the show, man. I'm thrilled to be chatting yeah. to you. So, shadow and bone, holy moly, Ben. This is. I mean, I'm blown away. It's not often you get to watch a show and go, this is going to be massive. And that is exactly what's happened here. This is, I got access to it last night. I'm now seven deep. I just, I cannot get enough of it. It's amazing. You watched number seven or you've yet to watch seven? I've got 10 minutes left of number seven. Oh, um. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting actually. I, I actually messaged our, our our showrunner, who's just the head of the team of writers, and said, it's "Such an anticipation about this coming out. I'm I'm really excited about it." And uh, uh, you know, I've been doing kind of fancy things and sort of bigger movies. Some you know for for a while now, I've done lots of sort of literary adaptations, and it wasn't even that I knew these books before that I knew these books before we started shooting the show. And in some instances of the, of the shows that I've done, I had read the books before. And, and so I, I was sort of part of that fandom of people that had that fervor for where is the show? Give us the show of this, of this story. But in this instance, I didn't, I haven't been able to sort of join in that, that kind of uh, mania until, until I'd actually, you know, been introduced to the books. But I, I am really excited that it feels like a show that, isn't on TV already. Right. That, that, that's what it's like about it. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Look, I don't want to spoil it. It's not my place to do that. However, I would love you to unfold it for me so that the audience understand it's called Shadow and Bone. It's out now on Netflix. And if people haven't been aware of it yet, my goodness, they're in for some fun. Yeah, I, I think I think what I love about it is that its genre is, is not traditional fantasy all the way through it has things about it which feel nostalgic in terms of there's this sort of chosen one narrative the lead character's name is alina stark obviously she's a young uh map maker in 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 the army she, she's, she's she's come from an orphanage and then we find out in the very first episode that she has the power to summon sun, sunlight um and this is in a world where the grisha who are the sort of magical core of of, of the universe have you know powers to manipulate different elements or the blood within your body or in the case of my character general kirigan who's the head of the magical army he can he's the only person who has the power to summon uh, shadows in the darkness and um and and i i just love that it's sort of mixed together with a broader set of books in the same universe which has a more like oceans 11 peaky blinders kind of feel to it and you think that these things don't really go together, but they do feel part of this this really cool kind of um, Russian aesthetic set universe. So they call it Tsar Punk, which is like <laughs> I guess like steampunk, but 
with it. And there is a czar. There is a czar in, in the universe as well. There's a king. Um, and so it's a very sort of uh, detailed, dense universe with lots of different characters, but it's also very quickly accessible, I think. You very quickly understand, you know, the landscape that you're, that, that you're in and you understand people's... Uh, you know, people's kind of plights and, and you understand, you know, why you are rooting for certain characters and booing other ones. Absolutely. Know. Now, I mean, for people that don't know, it's it's based on the Grishaverse books by uh, Lee Bardugo. I wasn't familiar with those at all. I now feel like I need to go and search them out. In fact, the only thing I have done with regards to them since being aware of the show, Ben, is I have searched how many there are because I urgently, about three episodes in, I was like, okay, this is an eight episode season one. I'm so hooked. Eight episodes is not going to be enough. So I check how many books this guy's done. A bit like the Game of Thrones thing, you know? People, as soon as Game, Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, people were kind of going, how many are there? Because, you know, this, there's got to be more. How many how many seasons of this will I get? Because I, I, I can't bear the thought of only having two seasons of television. Yeah. yeah, well, so there's at least six books and more on the way, which makes me believe that this is going to keep going and keep going and keep going. You may have some knowledge that you're not allowed to share with me, so maybe you could just nod. But, <laughs> but please tell me this gets to at least a second season. Well, there's, uh, yeah, the seventh book, actually, I think just came out this week. Um, but they are very... Sort of diverse they're roving they don't necessarily stay with one linear linear storyline and the way they're written they're also written like one chapter from the perspective of each character the shadow bone trilogy is all from alina's perspective but the others kind of you get to see the, the the world through other characters eyes which i think is really useful obviously for the actors um we don't know yet about uh whether there's going to be a second season but i do know that there's plenty to draw from if we do move forward and I, I, I hope that we do because I'd be excited to see, I'd be excited to see where they take it because the unique thing about the show is that, as I said, it sort of mixes together the, the original trilogy with, with, with the other books. Um, and so there's opportunities for characters to meet in the show that might never meet on the pages of the books. Um, and I think that whilst that's probably frustrating for some of the literary purists who love the books more than anything, um, I think it's exciting because it keeps even them on their toes when they're watching it. I can't see anything other than people being absolutely elated with this show. It's, I mean, it's huge. As I've mentioned, there's eight episodes in season one. It's the equivalent of sort of four feature films. How long did it take to film? It looks like, because the universe is titanic. You filmed it mostly in Hungary, is that right? Yes, we filmed it almost all in, in and around um, Budapest. And we did about six months of filming, but obviously crew members hard at work for months before that building sets and uh, costumes and sort of preparing the world uh, so that these sort of young actors could could walk off the page of the books. And that was, that was actually one of the first things that I noticed when I turned up at Budapest and met the cast uh, outside a restaurant um, on a cobbled street in Budapest. And I knew immediately who was playing each character having just finished the, the, having just finished the, the fourth book when I arrived. I knew exactly who each character was. It was literally like they walked off the pages. They even seemed to dress a bit like them, even though they weren't in costume. <laughs> I thought, I thought this is so perfect. Um, this is this is this is definitely gonna this is definitely gonna appease the the, the fervorous hordes of, of, of book fans in terms of in terms of the casting at least. Um, and then just sort of walking onto the sets of like the military camp. I think was one of the first sets we saw with all these Grisha tents. In, in this field and a huge 
rather imposing green screen representing uh, the, the fold, the shadow fold, which is the dark, scary place, uh, you know, ripping through the center of the country. Um, and uh, it was, uh, it, you know, it's, 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 even though I've been having those kind of experiences since my Narnia days, which was sort yeah. of 15 years ago, walking onto the, I still remember walking onto the set of the, the castle, the Care Paravel castle, in Narnia and not really being able to breathe properly, thinking how, how many people did it take and how long to, to put this together brick by brick, and then you realize it isn't bricks at all. It's it's sort of, you know, it, it, it's set wizardry um, and smoke and mirrors a little bit. But but uh, some of this stuff is, is still extraordinary and it still it still kind of takes my breath away. The, the, it's just the effort and the passion and the, and the, and the skill that it takes to kind of build these worlds and then we put on a costume and walk onto the set and you know say lines that someone else has written <laughs> <laughs> well does that add to the pressure and responsibility for you because you're aware you have such a crucial role you're a massive part of this show and you get some of the greatest scenes obviously because i knew we were chatting i was focusing a lot on your character many times i was like you yeah. lucky so and so i bet this is amazing to do this scene but did you feel yeah. kind of pressure because of this world that's built around you and the number of people involved and, and the money spent? I think, I think that I felt that very, very intently when I played Prince Caspian. I think I felt that. I felt these cameras are pointed at me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm looking at this tiny stick with a tennis ball stuck on the end of it and I'm supposed to pretend that it's a talking badger. And I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and, and I don't know how to do this and satisfy the people who are going to be up in arms about it because they've loved these books for you know, 50 years. Um, now, down the line a little bit, I tell you, it helped playing a character who was the highest status, the most powerful character in the nice. universe. I hadn't done that much of this before. My friends, you know, kind of joked that I played boy with sword for the first <laughs> of decade. A career in terms of, it was and, and sometimes it was boy with gun or, or you know boy in car but um it was basically you know our shorthand for you know the guy who's trying to win the girl and trying to defeat the monster and the baddie and trying to get to the end alive and i think playing you know slightly uh characters who are a little bit more in the gray the last few years and certainly with this character playing a character who you know, they say they say that, that that you don't play the king; that other people play it for you. You know, in terms right. of how they treat you. Right. And so, yes. I think there was a little bit of that walking onto this set. There was a bit of deference from people, actually, a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe the room gets a bit quieter when you walk into it because that's your, who your character is. And I think that everyone had loved the book so much, and everyone was so invested in these characters that everyone started to treat each other a little bit how you might treat these these characters and. You know, it's one of the most wonderful things about shooting, actually, that all of the um, actors who came in, even if their characters weren't in the books or even if they were just there with a few lines, most of them had read at least one of the books oh, cool. just to get the feel of the universe. And so we would be able to sort of geek out with them and include them in, in what we were doing because they were so excited about the portrayal of this world on, on the screen. And, uh, and, and so you get this, this great kind of community of passion. 
Oh, I love it. Now, there are several moments, p- particularly with several of your scenes, which are really very tense. I mean, they're, they're quite frightening, they're quite shocking, but also as an actor, you know, you have to have one-on-ones with individuals and so, which are really quite dark. You know, some of the, some of the moments are a bit, a bit frightening. Did you have moments kind of off camera to kind of ease things up? I'm hoping that you busted out a couple of high-rise hits. Am I, am I right? Did you, <laughs> bit of getting the you, boy band going? You, you stinker. Um, <laughs> They, uh, uh, you know, I, I do love, the, you know, delving into the kind of like humanity of the characters and, and having those kind of like one-on-one scenes, you know, the ones with Jesse who plays Alina where we're trying to sort of navigate this budding relationship between the two of them potentially, but also this sort of like, as you say, like darker like manipulation. And then those the sort of more muscular tension um, with Archie Reno's character who plays Mal uh, with the sort of... Uh, those sort of chin-up standoffs that men like to have with each other, um, uh, sort of roughing stags a little bit, and um, so so those those things were, were really fun. But you're right; sometimes you need to like sometimes you need to shake out the silly a little bit in between. Yeah, I think I think I think because otherwise, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of like you know you have to drone out a little bit so that you you can sort of then focus back in when you're doing the scene and really commit to being being in it. Um, I remember on the little palace in the little palace set, there was a piano in the back in the in the in one of the back rooms because nice. actually that they weren't they weren't set. The little palace, the rooms inside the little palace that you see in the show are rooms inside that that building. Very often they're very often they're sort of built on a on a soundstage somewhere. But actually, these rooms were dressed, but they were real rooms, so we could sort of walk down those corridors oh, and marble corridors with the paintings on the walls that you would never see in the show and through to the sort of like green rooms where you would wait and there was a piano in one of the green rooms so we were definitely I definitely found myself like navigating towards that in between takes to sort of you know bust out some Daniel Caesar on the piano and have everyone have a sing along you know Brilliant, brilliant. And of course, you play drums as well, which makes me like you instantly because any drummer's a good guy in my book because I'm an ex session drummer you myself. Yourself? Used to be, yeah, used yeah. to be a session drummer. Oh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh, which, means, which means you're better than me. But my first ever job I ever, ever had was uh, when I was 15. I played the drums in a West End production of Bugsy Malone. That was oh. the first thing anyone ever paid me to do. And I, I, I've never felt, I still have never felt cooler than, you know, I think I was doing my mock GCSEs or something and halfway through a lesson on a Wednesday when we had the matinee, halfway through a lesson at school, I would just stand up and say, you know, so I've got to go and, you know, pick up my bag of sticks and get the train into London to be a jazz drummer. I was yeah. like, I, 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 still, I have never felt cooler than that, than that, than that moment. I don't think. I'm not surprised. That's a massive thing to be able to drop. That's being a, being a drummer is very cool. Um, I'll tell you what else is very cool. Op- operating, opposite national treasure Zoe Wanamaker. I mean, and you've got some blinding scenes with her. What was she like to work with? She's, she's such a delight. That sort of, those piercing eyes and that raspy voice that nobody else can do. Yeah. Um, but she's, she, you know, she's so naughty and so much fun. Like, the, the, the scenes with her are, are, are such a joy. I mean, talk about somebody who's able to sort of just switch off and focus on exactly what she's doing and then and then back to, you know, utter just zany Zoe in between everything. Um, and she's, she's just like a delightful human being. But, but I was so 
um, thrilled when I finally saw the show that you can see that she's done her homework in terms of when you first see her, it's a little bit reminiscent of when you first see me, not to give anything more than that away. Nice. But it was quite, it was quite, a, it was quite a delight to see, to see her sort of relishing that. You sound so invested in this world, Ben. It's not just, it's not just a show. You've, you've put yourself in the universe by the sound of things. I think it's also the young actors, the younger actors, you know, in the show. They're, 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 I remember this experience for myself. And their passion and their knowledge about the world and not just to do with their own characters is just second to nothing I've ever been involved in. And it's really infectious. And I just want it to be such a success for them as well. I just really, I really, I really want them to be rewarded for all of their kind of like everything that they've invested in, in, in their characters and in, and in making and in sort of bringing, bringing this, the show to life. Um, you know, we talked about the books when we arrived in Budapest. We talked about the scripts while we were filming and we talk about the show now that we've finished and now that we've watched the show and we, we you know, that we have group chats on, on, on WhatsApp, uh, which, uh, you know, and we're still geeking out about, you know, moments from books to scripts to, 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 to TV. I bet. I bet. I mean, you must have heard from enough people like me that have seen enough episodes of the show, reviewers, etc., to know that it's passed the litmus test, hands down. It's it's clearly a great show. I mean, you've, you've seen it yourself, but you're too close to know for sure. You must hear from neutrals mm. like me that it is that good. So it's it feels a slam dunk to me. This is clearly going to roll on and on. It's really nice. It's re- no, it's really nice here because you you are, are never you are never sure. Um, and and still, when you say that, well, I think well, nobody else might like it, but at least. You know, at least when we were chatting with Andy on the radio, or at least at least when I was talking with those people on, you know, do, doing those those interviews, they they liked it. They said episode seven was their favourite or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. The thing is, I'm in this situation now where I've got an episode and a little bit to go, so I don't know if you're if there is a season two, which I assume there must be. I don't know if your character's going to make it or not. I don't know if you'll survive or not. And I'm just, and I know you can't tell me, but I'm so intrigued on that level as well. I would say by virtue of how uh, he's behaved in the first season, I would say of all the characters, I'm the least likely to make it this season. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in these fantasy dramas, anything can happen. There's plenty of ways to come back. Beyond true. Oh, I'm excited. So true. I'm genuinely, it's ridiculous. I feel like a school kid. You know, I'm an old man. I've got a minute. I really to want to do this interview. I really want to do this interview again tomorrow when you've watched episode eight as well. See how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I will say, I will say, one of the things that made me want to do the show, I had um, a meal with our showrunner Eric, and he pitched me the very last shot of the season, the first season, and I went, and 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 I remember, I just went. Like that, <laughs> and it was definitely one of the. It was definitely one of the, one of the kind of draws to to to, to, to want to be involved. Sure. I can't wait to see what it so is. Hopefully, that whets your appetite a little bit more, even as, as if it needs it. I need to watch it now. But brilliant, Ben! What a pleasure. The, the show's incredible, and I'm sure you you've got loads more lined up. Is there anything you can tell us about that's next for you? I know we've got no time now. Well, obviously, it's been a very strange, strange year. So, so I'm, I, I'm hoping more, more than anything, actually, I mean, I'm hoping to be able to, you know, uh, go back and do some more of this. But um, I've, uh, you know, I've been 
sort of working away on my own projects during during lockdown. I think, like everybody else, my own creative endeavours, uh, hoping to rewrite uh, a little bit of the uh, high rise. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Certainly not a legacy, but the the the, the, the high rise part, my high rise past, which which haunts me. I'm hoping to rewrite a little bit of that at some point soon with 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 with, with some songs of my own. Great. Excellent. So we're going to get new music and this massive new series. That's pretty brilliant. If you need a drummer, you don't because you can do it. But if you fancy a drummer to just be behind you, (laughs) give me a yell. You're hired. (laughs) Love it. Love it. I'll hold you to that. Ben, what a pleasure. Thank you so much and congratulations again. Thank you. The Andy J Podcast. That was Ben Barnes, and as you could tell, I'm a proper fanboy for Shadow and Bone. It was one of those things where, you know what happens, right, is when you get told that a certain actor or or whoever is available, and sometimes their show will be, you've got to record it in an embargo, so their show will be out in a month or something, but you record the interview ahead of time. So you get sent some episodes or a whole season sometimes to preview so that you know what you're talking about. And I always watch it because that's just me. I always watch and read everything I'm sent, but... Sometimes you're you're into it more than other times, you know. So when I knew Ben was was coming on the show, and I was given access early access by Netflix to Shadow and Bone, I sort of thought, okay, yeah, well, I mean, this sounds like my kind of thing. I've got time to watch a couple of episodes ahead of our ahead of ahead of our chat, and I'll you know I'll get some notes out, and I'll you know I'll do some research and la di da di da. I got sucked into the world of Shadow and Bone. It's eight episodes, and I was right in there. In fact. I watched as much as I physically had time to watch before my chat with Ben. My access started at a certain point. I had about nine hours. My access came on. I had about nine hours before actually talking to Ben. Something like that. And and I managed to watch nearly all of the first seven episodes. I was about ten minutes shy of completing the first seven and I had one episode to go when I was talking to Ben. That's how much I loved it. Bearing in mind, I'm a family man with three young kids and I want to be as present as a dad as I can. I I should hasten to add, I was watching overnight when they were sleeping, just before you bash me. Fatherhood is the most important job in my life by a mile. But nonetheless, that's how good I think Shadow and Bone is. I absolutely loved it. I'm going to watch it again. That's how, And I can't wait for season two. It's just... I thought it was brilliant. Anyway, moving on. A new show that's currently playing this week on ITV is Viewpoint. That stars a Wonder Woman. One of the greatest actors I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with. We did actually share a scene together in Des. She had a line, I had a line, and it was all very exciting. She's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. She's a real friend of mine, as you'll hear from this chat. She's just great, 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 great company, as well as being utterly brilliant at what she does. She's the amazing Brona War. Welcome to the show. What a joy to have my buddy on the show. How are you doing? Uh, hi, Andy. I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's so lovely to chat to you again. And unfortunately, not be able to see you, but at least we can talk. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I've been told, I've been, it's been made clear to me that we're not allowed to talk too much about Des, where we <laughs> which we car shared to. Because and... <laughs> we're neighbours. We're so close. Well, that's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, well, we're we're in the acting club together. I mean, your performance was stellar. It was gorgeous. <laughs> it was beautiful. You know, there nobody delivers news like you. Well, you know, I mean, and let's make that clear. You know, that was important, crucial news. It was all in the it hair. It was. You know? it, it was in the itty's hair. Yeah, you were built for it. <laughs> which is just, which is back, by the way, thanks to lockdown. Oh. <laughs> I had a Zoom call with my mates the other day and they were like, oh, hair, you, you, don't, oh, want wow. to, you don't want to cut oh. it yourself then. 
And I'm like, oh, that bad, huh? And they were like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just wait, you're just waiting for that next 1980s role, you yes. know. It's it, it maybe that's the niche you're going to carve out for yourself, you know. It's 1980s drama. I'm, I'm <laughs> They'll be making a footballing one or a racing one, you know. I just like another anchorman would do, you know. That yeah, would be fun. yeah. <laughs> well, you're very good at it. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of good, I mean, my goodness, you have had the most incredible lockdown right not only we we obviously have to talk about viewpoint the new one which i'm i'm Mm. hearing amazing things about by the way we're going to come on to that tell me all about it but the other thing right you've also moved house and you're going to have a baby someone's been busy in lockdown (laughs) right so hang on we're taking the lead in a massive drama we're moving house and we're going to grow a human okay You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Most it's of us. It's absolutely ridiculous. Most of us Loads have been proud with our fridge visits. You, on the other hand, have done the whole lot. Loads of people have been like, oh, lockdown's just been really great. You know, like it's been a moment of self-reflection. And I've been thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I just want to sit down for a bit, you know? Your lockdown <laughs> memories, right, when we look back on this pandemic in 20 mm. years or so, your oh. lockdown memories are going to be so out of kilter with everyone else on the planet. I know, because we were filming, like, uh, so we were filming in the summer last year. We were one of the first, I think Viewpoint was the first drama to go back, um, you know, after that first lockdown in March. And um, so it was really bizarre, like so bizarre to be in a filming bubble because you've been tested. Like we were tested every two days. We were in a filming bubble and like Noel and I were able to touch each other and everything. It was yeah. like, it felt really naughty, you know? It's like, oh, we can high five. We can hug, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely. my it was, weird. It was a very, I was, I filmed a TV show during lockdown. And again, I had two co-hosts and we were exactly like you. We were having yeah. the frequent tests. We were in the bubble. We, you know, it was the whole, yeah. I don't know if you had to do the thing with the hotels where, you know, the doors were yeah. open for you and you had to stay yeah. in there for a certain amount, all that, all that. Yeah. And as you're going through it, you're like, Ugh. but the trade-off is you get to hug a human being. And it's like, I okay. know it's yep. amazing. Yep. And I, 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 we did that for like five months and then, um, in November, when we finished, um, and I came back um, to Surrey and back to my husband. I mean, it was great because I could hug my husband, but I couldn't hug anybody else. And yeah. it was like, oh, no, like I really, you know, I, I really missed that. So I feel very privileged that I got to film Viewpoint over lockdown because it gave me some human contact. And um, the last few months not having that contact has been really hard, especially being so, so heavily pregnant. You really want your friends and family around you. So I really feel for the people and, um, you know, and the listeners that, that have been doing it for, for, you know, all the way through for a year. That is tough, yes. you know, really tough. So bring on these vaccines and let us all hug and be merry soon. Absolutely. I cannot wait. I keep trying to get a vaccine, but I can't, I can't bring myself to tick that fateful box that might get me one, which is, are you a carer? I'm not, but I know a few oh. people that have ticked it and have had the vaccine. You, and I'm, I'm a bit jealous. You have a lot of children. You have a lot, you have a lot of children to care for. So. <laughs> yes, I that's mean. true. That's true. I mean, you, know, you I keep going. That's what I say. It's all, it's all part yeah. of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, tell, I mean, tell me about Viewpoint, because I've, I mean, I want to talk about several other things, incidentally, but mm. I'm very keen to learn more about Viewpoint, because when I read the synopsis, and it was before I knew you were in it, actually, it was, this was like oh. ages ago, I was like, you know, Broadcast does these little things about, oh, yeah. this is being commissioned by Tiger Aspect, and it looks like it's going to be interesting and all this stuff. Yeah. And, like, the plot sounded great, and then when they dropped you in it, and Noel was in it, I was like, this well, is yeah. going to be immense. 
I know Noel's great in it. He's so good. And it's a really different role to see him in as well. He's, he's absolutely superb in it. And he was just brilliant to work with. Um, so Viewpoint is like, um, it's a crime drama about surveillance cops. Noel and I both play surveillance cops um, who have been tasked with um, staking out a street of houses um, because a, a young girl goes missing, a young woman goes missing. And so we are tasked with watching the houses on the terrace in Manchester and try and work out what's going on. And it's it kind of, it's just a, a whodunit. It's got a bit of rear window-esque kind of Hitchcockian vibe to it. Nice. It's very intense. Um, you're, you also get to watch the watchers. So you get to kind of look into us as well as the, the people we're watching. And I think what's really great about it is it kind of peaks the interest of the viewer who is a little bit nosy and if anyone's like <laughs> me you know if anybody's like me i have been pushing my curtains over lockdown i have been very interested in the italian man across the road not in a not in a dodgy way i just like to watch and see what he's up to uh he wasn't home on new year's eve that Ooh. made me ask questions i wondered if he'd gone to an illegal party so I'm sure loads of people have been like me and they've been watching out their window and at their neighbours and stuff. Um, and so I think Viewpoint really kind of satiates that that desire and that curiosity, curiosity that we have. And, and Alexandra Roach plays um, a, a character called Zoe who also has an appetite for watching people as well. So, mm. so yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really great and quite tense. And hopefully everyone will get to play armchair detectives and enjoy it. I like the sound. Of, it sounds a bit kind of chilling as well, which. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's quite intense. It feels like the, it's shot beautifully um, and it, there's lots of beautiful drone shots, gorgeous shots of Manchester as well. It kind of gives you that hunger to get back out there because it shows these beautiful shots of, of Manchester and it makes you miss being out and about but um it it, it has a, a kind of intensity of the way it's watching people and i think that you know the human condition we're all very curious and we're all very nosy so i think people will really identify with that you know yeah no i love the sound of this and it's i'm assuming correct me if i'm wrong but i'm assuming mm. it's not just going to be shots of you and null looking out the window for an hour no no <laughs> Oh, there they are again. Oh, yeah, it's just shifted in her seat. Well. Really boring. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would be so boring. No, 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 it's not. There's a a great storyline. You'll be following all the different characters that we're watching and trying to work out and piece together the puzzle yourselves. Um, as well as us trying to piece the puzzle together. Um, and you get to, to, to learn a little bit more about Noel and me and uh, all of our lives as well. Um, so, yeah, I play DC Stella Beckett, who is a Manchester lass, who is very uh, punchy and she's very feisty and fiery. Um, so, yeah, it was really fun to play uh, cop who, you know, spit sarcastic. She cuts corners and edges. It kind of subverted both of our uh, Noel and I's characters. Noel plays the more sensitive one, and I play the slightly more punchier, feisty Ooh. one. And so it's quite, it's quite nice to, you know, do a bit of role reversal because he normally plays those roles. You know, you've just mentioned the magic words, the feisty Manchester, right? Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that always blows me away with you 
because you're a sensational <laughs> actor, by the way. And one of the things Aww. that always blows me away with you is your incredible range of accents. It's like <laughs> you are like you're like the Jodie Comer of voices. You know what I mean? As in when we watch Killing Eve and whatnot, you'd never believe what she really yeah. sounds like. And it's the same with you. So uh, because we're chatting to you now and you've got this beautiful Irish accent. And I, and I yeah. think to myself, well, clearly that, you, you know, you can't. Once you've got an accent that as is as, as defined as, as yours, strong is, as that, there's yeah, no way yeah. you could do another voice. But go on, just just give us a line of of, of Manchester dialogue of Manchester. And um, all right, Andy, how are you? I've missed you loads and loads, and I can't wait to see you again. And hopefully, we'll be able to get out on the racetrack soon, and then maybe have a pint or something. This is amazing. <laughs> I, I know, I know, it's acting, and I know it's your job, but it's still, it still blows me away the way you can just fall into these things. It's incredible. <laughs> As a result, I reckon people just kind of, because you play such an amazing range of roles, I reckon mm. people will be so confused if they meet you in real life. <laughs> yeah, we do. I do get that sometimes. And I get a lot of people going, oh, God, I didn't realise you were the girl from that and then from that as well. And so that's quite nice. I feel like I've done my job right if people don't connect the dots between different jobs because yeah. you know as an actor it's our job to be chameleons and kind of you, you should know more about my work than about me as the person you know and if, if I, and I think that it's important not to distract people with that and um, so that they can believe that you are that person and when you put that mask on they they really believe believe the truth of that so I think I've done my job right if people are kind of like oh gosh I didn't know you were in I've forgotten and then Des and then the ball and then you know so that's really good if um I feel like I've, I've done my job right you know and it's great fun to play with accents because I think Des I was um from the south of England wasn't I so you were. that was um that was nice that was fun in that one as well um, so, yeah, it's it's part of your job to kind of be a chameleon, I think. And I, yeah. I really, really enjoy that part of it. I love, um, it. So, I yeah. love it. And what a mic drop moment when you were just able to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I didn't realise you were in The Fall and Unforgotten and Des. Three epic dramas, by the way. The Fall, <laughs> right? How weird is this for you? Okay, during <laughs> lockdown, you, you, you must obviously be aware of this. During lockdown, The Fall, in which you are a, an enormous part, has become yeah. like a second life super hit. I know, it's so weird. I heard from Gillian at the beginning of lockdown. She was like, have you seen on Netflix um, that we're like trending number one? And yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. So yeah, it was amazing. Netflix, um, I think Netflix re-released loads of their dramas, their box sets, because people needed content and needed to watch things. And it kind of happened at that perfect time. Uh, when it was cold and wet and miserable outside, everyone was locked down. And um, it meant we've got a whole brand new audience for the show. Um, so there's lots of people who've been watching who maybe were too young to watch it the first time around or maybe missed it the first time around. So, yeah, it's been really, really fantastic. Um, the response has been lovely and, and people have seen seem to have been really gripped by it so that's oh, great yeah. well it's, I mean, it's a cracking show and it's, I was delighted to see it have that sort of second life as it were mm. because it, I mean it, it smashed it when it was on the BBC mm. first time round so it was great mm. that it was kind of yeah of course it's going to yeah and Netflix brings a different kind of audience as well you know you get a slightly more uh, broader um, more international audience in Netflix than than you do with the BBC so it's great because it reaches more people you know so it's fantastic it was yeah it was really really great um uh, to see that and I think then people because I've got an Irish accent and that people are like oh yes you're the, the serial killer's wife yes which you know is very uncomfortable for my real life husband if we're in if we're in the supermarket you know he's like what 
No, not me. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It was Jamie. No, it was not me. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> She's remarried since then, okay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there was Unforgotten, right? Which you mm. were in season three. And this, now this I love as well, because it, again, it's another drama that perhaps the first couple of seasons may have slipped through the net, if you know what I mean, mm. in, in people's kind of awareness. Mm. And then there was this, with season four just concluding, there was this big kind of, oh, my goodness. Wow, yeah. And people have gone back specifically as well, actually, to season three, which is the one where you're such a prominent role. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's like it's had this second life. And it's I always yeah. find this fascinating because when you're an actor, you're in something, you do it, you, it's finished, you're proud of it. Yeah. But then you're yeah. to the next thing. So it's almost like you've had this opportunity to revisit these brilliant oh, roles lovely. and these brilliant parts you played. It's so nice. And, you know, you know yourself as well with television programmes and um, the scheduling plays so much into the hands of things. And, and so the first time around, you know, people are on holiday or they're working, they might have missed something. So it's great to be, you know, we're so lucky and we're in such a golden age of television where we can rewatch things and we can revisit things and, and have it on demand. Um, and that has been fantastic as well. And um, lots of new people come into Unforgotten, which is great because it's such a fantastic program. Nicola Walker and Sam. Steve Bhaskar are just outstanding and and as you sort of teased there season four is quite a clanger it's quite oh, a shocker yeah. so yeah. lots of people are, are watching that and then coming back to watch the other three series and um, yeah it's it, I, I'm so delighted because they're both such great actors and um, it, it's a very different kind of cop drama what I love about Unforgotten is um, Chris Lang, the writer, had kind of based a lot of it on um, 24 Hours in Police Custody. Okay. He had watched that show and thought, well, that's how real police officers are, you know? It's, they're, they're like that, and we don't see that on TV very often. So he kind of, you know, used that as a bit of a, a kind of inspiration. And I think Nicola and Sandy do that so beautifully. And every season, there's such a gripping, gripping storyline. And um, my one uh, was something that was very, very special and dear to me because it was loosely based on um, the story of Millie Dowler, who very sadly went um, missing and was murdered in Surrey, where, where both you and I live. So that was something that's very close to me because I remember when that happened. Um, so I, I really wanted to do it justice and to, to tell that story um, and kind of, you know, um, honour that as best I could. So, And I think that Chris and the team and Andy, the director, I think they, they tell the stories with such beauty and delicacy and um, very sensitively, you know. Um, it's such a great, great show. So I hope it's going to carry on and it's new guys and, you know, I wish it the best of luck because it was such a wonderful job to be a part of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. It's a brilliant drama, and it's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm delighted. People are, f- are sort of discovering seasons one, two, and three as well. Mm. They are they are absolutely worthy of your time. Now, one of the things that whenever I think about you, I, I sort of think, well, yes, it's established. You're a brilliant actor, and everybody knows that. Everybody that's aware of your body of work is just like you. You own it. You're you're just that good. No. But there's a second side to you, which which sounds a bit like actor, but it's not. It's activist because you, mm. you use your platform, don't you? You make the most of. You don't just kind of sit tight and go, okay, yeah, I'm doing my thing, and I'll just, you know, I'll just take the paycheck, and that's fine. You have a platform. You have a voice, and you stand up for the things you believe in. Yeah, I, I 
try to. I mean, the thing is, there's always this thing that people will often say with actors and stuff where, you know, a lot of people moan about it and they go, oh, God, I wish they'd just stick to acting. But the way I feel about Andy is whether I was an actor or not, I would be out there campaigning for these kinds of things. You know, there are things that I feel passionately about. I care passionately about equality for everybody um, in this country and, and globally. And I care passionately about justice for people as well and fairness. Um, and and so that's something that I've always had before even I was an actor. But now I'm in the privileged position of having a platform. Um, and if I can raise any, you know, light or shed light on an issue, I think it's really, really important to be able to do that. Not to shut things down people's throats, but to just bring their awareness to things uh, that maybe they might not have known about that they can then go and look into themselves. Um, it might pique their interest. They might decide that they they agree that, you know, that equality should be campaigned for and, and it might spark a conversation in them or it might, you know, spur them to do some activism themselves. So, so that's why why it's important to me, you know, and um, and why I, I continue to do it. And the thing is, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to use our friendship as a as a sort of privileged position to be able to reveal something about mm. you that you're not comfortable with. So I won't I won't sort mm. of reveal too much. But what I have learned from our from our time knowing each other is mm. that you're not just a preacher. You actually you step up. You know, I'm I'm mindful of times when there have been opportunities for you to go and do things for charity reasons. I'm, I'm you know, I'm referring mm. to when you gathered a lot of things and gave them in, 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 in the right way. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want to sort of yeah. share it unless you yeah. want me to. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't shout about that. You don't shout about yeah. that. You just go and do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it, it was actually an actor friend of mine, Siobhan McSweeney, that taught me this. She plays Sister Michael in Dairy Girls. And uh, Siobhan is a real passionate advocate in action rather than words, you know. And of course, we use our platform as much as we can, but you also have to put your boots on the ground and, and get your hands dirty as well. Um, and there's a, there's a few charities that um, uh, my husband and I are involved in, and I definitely don't do it. It's not for some sort of sycophantic kind of, you know, like, oh, look at me being great. It's genuinely because it's something I would do whether I was an actor or I worked in the post office or I worked in ASDA, you know. Um, but when Rich and I got married, um, well, we didn't get legally married because, again, we were campaigning for equal marriage in Northern Ireland. Uh, we finally got that, which is fantastic. But, of course, because of COVID, uh, all people's weddings have been sort of put on hold. Mm. So we will legally be getting married, um, hopefully next year uh, now. But we, we had a kind of wedding celebration because we weren't sure how long we were going to have to wait for um, and one of the charities I'm really, really passionate about is Help Refugees and Care for Calais, uh, which helps um, migrants, uh, you know, uh, who are in some of the most desperate, desperate situations that have lost their homes, lost everything, their jobs, um, you know, all their worldly possessions, um, and helps distribute aid, food, uh, warmth, firewood, and shelter for them. So for our wedding, we asked guests to donate sleeping bags and um any kind of camping equipment or warm clothes, if they had socks or hats or coats that they didn't need. Uh, we do that every year for Care for Calais. They, they do a coat drive where they, they ask you to donate a, a spare coat if you've got one. So we just thought, well, rather than, like, Rich and I don't need anything, you know? We don't need glasses or vases or any of that sort of 
off, you know, we've, we've been together as a modern couple for several years and we don't need anything in our house. So we just asked if people were able to bring any of those warm things with them, leave them in a bin bag and then we could take them over because for our honeymoon we went and volunteered out in Calais uh, and we spent a week out there which was just fantastic to see the work that both Help Refugees and Care for Calais do. Um, it, it was just, yeah, I felt very, very privileged to be able to see their work and, and to be able to help them. And we chopped lots of firewood and, and then um, distributed it around the camps as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it, it, that was a really, really nice thing. And our guests were so generous, both donating cash and clothes for everybody. So, um, yeah, I really encourage anyone there's there's so many organizations there's ones here as well there's amazing amazing homeless charities here um shelter and crisis as well that will take your warm clothes if you i know loads of people have been doing clear outs in their house over lockdown so have a look at some of those charities both um you know ones away it helps refugees and ones at home like crisis and um uh and shelter because they will often take your old coats or sleeping bags and things and then redistribute them so because we don't want to put things in landfill you know there's yeah. plenty of people that could really really do with those so yeah check those out on, on the website and, and have a look if any of your listeners are, are, are interested in what they could do with some of their old things you know I hope they are because it's such a such a good cause and I, and I as I say I, I think you know the things you do behind the scenes and the things you do when you could just use it to benefit yourself and you don't uh, it's you're remarkable you're an excellent human being that we should all look up to and uh, by the way you're going to be a wonderful mum countdown is yeah. on any minute now little <laughs> well, baby Andy going to be ringing you <laughs> I'm going to be ringing you for advice <laughs> like what do I do how do I not break it <laughs> <laughs> Do well, I drop? What if I drop it? <laughs> you won't. Don't worry. You won't. You won't drop it. <laughs> All will be well. But yeah, oh, I, no, hope I, so. I would. I'd be well up for being your birthing partner if you need help. Let me know. I'm an old you hand at this you've now. Had, you know what? You've had. Yeah, you've had plenty of uh, plenty of practice now. That's for sure per rich he's just like suffering from the worst anxiety he's really really worried about it and i'm like it's fine but we're gonna be fine no, he's, uh, and he's then right i'll to, he's right to be worried it's terrifying <laughs> for, the, for the man it's absolutely terrifying yeah oh yeah. bless you no, listen, I've, I've, I've done much this so like much <laughs> they, they know my name on the maternity ward now you i know, think I you're, just... you're like the local celebrity yeah. oh, here, he comes. here he comes ward. again yeah <laughs> Guns, Mr. Three Kids, serious. How many more is he going to pop out? Well, I'm looking forward to us being able to have play dates soon because our children are going to be really, really close in age. Yeah. So I, I'm very much looking forward to us being able to, you know, when things lift more in the summer, uh, we live so close by each other. We'll have to have a garden visit. It's going to be amazing. And meet the children. Yeah, that would be so lovely. Going to be amazing. Well, there'll be no hmm. danger of, uh, of lack of water by yours, bro. So we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> What am I thinking? The last time I saw you, I was like, I would love to live by the river. But yes, both of us were like, it's a terrible idea. Absolutely <laughs> terrible idea. Global warming, things floods. What do I do? I buy a house by the river. So <laughs> what an idiot. We're going to fight. I will be ringing you up going, Andy, can I come and stay? Yeah. Our, our living room's flooded. <laughs> we, need, we need some buckets and, and a pump. Yeah, buckets <laughs> and, and a pump, please, mate. Why didn't I listen to you? No, it's brilliant. No, it's brilliant. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a spectacular place to live with your gorgeous little little baby baby. Um, look, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to see the new show. Viewpoint sounds 
tense, nervy, mm. but utterly captivating. I mean, I love a murder mystery thriller anyway. So mm. I think it's 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 one. It's we, we've got to watch it, haven't we? Yes, yes, it'll be coming soon. End of April, ITV. I encourage everyone to watch. It's it's a great show, and I think you'll all enjoy it. The Andy J Podcast. That was Brona. I sincerely hope you're going to check out Viewpoint if you haven't already. Honestly, her, Noel Clark, the chemistry, the tension, the excitement, boom, brilliant. Everything to get invested in. Hell of a drama. And just a heck of a woman. Think she's amazing. Love, love, love Brona War. So our final guest for today. Thank you for making it this far. And uh, let's have a bit of a giggle, shall we? He is just, well, he's a big, big star, isn't he? He's a great fun bloke. As you'll hear from this, he's got something to pitch. He's uh, he's on a bit of a sell, but we managed to have a laugh with it anyway. It is the always excellent Alexander Armstrong. Okay, I am thrilled to welcome to the show now an actor, a comedian, a TV presenter, a singer, just one of those incredibly talented men that we love to get on the show from time to time to make me feel massively inadequate. But he's here to chat about something that I think is going to be brilliant, the eco-behaviours of TV watchers, thanks to Smart Energy GB. It is the magnificent Alexander Armstrong. How are you doing, Alexander? Oh, good afternoon, Jandy. Yeah, it's lovely to be with you. I'm extremely well, thank you. I am. Um, uh, and yeah, but... We've got a we've got a, a fabulous agenda to talk about, haven't we? Well, I'm re- I'm absolutely buzzing to discuss this because I've read the report. It looks so much fun, and I want to dive in with it. Before we do, can we have a very quick chat about you? Because I, I actually need a bit of advice, and you're very well yes, placed to help me. So, Alexander, I'm yes. gonna, I've got something to share, which is that I now have a five day old baby boy, and he's my <gasps> third son. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. I see where this is tending. Well, coming into this chat, I knew that you're a father of four uh, sons. And I'm like, well, I've only met one other person with more sons than three. And that was Sophie Ellis-Bexter. So maybe I can get some advice from someone that's living it. How do you do it? Yes. (laughs) I think the, uh, what's the age difference between them? Just a matter of interest. My eldest is seven. Then I have a three-year-old and now I have a five-day-old. Oh, that's very sensible. You see, ours came in very th- in very quick succession. So we've got a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 10-year-old, and then a 6-year-old. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's quite... Um, our, it sounds like we've spread them quite well, but we haven't, because the middle two are very, very close together. Boys, I think, I mean, as you will be probably getting becoming aware, they're, they're quite binary creatures, I think, aren't they? <laughs> they? They're either happy or they're not happy. And when they're not happy, I find generally a Jaffa cake tends to tends to sort things out. It's, I like uh, that. That's, that's by and large how we how we govern. I like that. I've got to say, I, I sort of owe you a debt of thanks as well, because, you know, you voice three of the, the most popular shows on my television now, and I would like to find out how eco-friendly these shows are from you as well, being, of course, Danger okay. Mouse, Hey Dougie, and you're in Peppa Pig. There you are. There you are. <laughs> that's I mean, cool. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig and Hey Dougie, I can speak to their... I mean, Hey Dougie wasn't, uh, wasn't part of this survey, but I'm entirely aware of the exemplary green credentials of Hey Dougie. So I'm, I, I don't have any... I, I'm not going to be lying awake on that score. Peppa Pig, well, we already know that that is in the very top bracket of, of green credentials on screen. Danger Mouse, I think, as, as they say, is problematic. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I mean, Danger Mouse, Danger Mouse came to fruition in a, in, a diff, in a bygone era when it was all about hovering cars and little, you know, it, 
I, I dread to think what the uh, what the carbon footprint of of a rodent such as Danger Mouse might be. This is my worry as well. I mean, he you know he's he's doing well by multitasking with the postbox, but that's about it. That's oh, about as much as we can say. Definitely. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. But actually, you've you've led us onto this onto this topic, which is, I mean, on the face of it, quite a light-hearted thing. But actually, there's a very serious message behind it, which is that we'd watch an awful lot of television. We Even before lockdown came in last year, we were watching a lot of television. We now <laughs> apparently watch 3.2 more hours of television a day. I, I mean, someone's got to be watching a lot to make up for me because I don't watch that much more. But still, <laughs> that's, that's generally what the rule is, according to our stats. Um, but television is a very, very influential part of our lives, and particularly the domestic lives we follow on screen, whether that's in you know, our box sets, our dramas, our soap operas or comedies or whatever, you know, these, the behaviors that they adopt on screen are actually and can actually be incredibly influential on our lives. One of the, one of the questions we asked people um, was how influential their favorite characters were. One in five of people we asked, 20% said that if their favorite characters demonstrated more green behaviors, on screen, they would follow suit. Yes. And that's people consciously saying that. I think subliminally, the message is, is a lot more potent, actually. Well, um, it was, it was so what original, we're trying... It was the original thinking behind well, soap operas, wasn't it? It was, you know, it was, it was an advertising yeah. space. Sure. I mean, you know, people have known for a long time how influential, um, in, its, in its sometimes rather insidious way, television can be. In this instance, we're taking television... And we want to make it, um, it's an opportunity to, to demonstrate more green, uh, renewable, sustainable behaviors. I mean, little things, like, and we're only asking for little things. The most significant thing we would love to push through uh, on-screen behaviors is uh, smart, the uptake of smart meters. Smart meters are going to be our route to paradise, I think, because they have a huge influence on domestic energy consumption. It becomes a kind of, you know, almost a sort of a, 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 an object of pride that you want to beat your smart meter. You want to keep your energy down. Um, and it's amazing how, how it does that. You know, we, I'm one of those people who, where possible, I never open a bank statement. You know, if I ever do, it's usually months, even years later. Yeah. Because um, I kind of think if I don't know what's going on in my bank account, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, and I can just spend what I like. <laughs> And actually, I've learned. Yes, exactly. Turns out it does matter. And just because I'm not looking at what's in my bank account doesn't mean it isn't very real. So um, the same happens with our with our 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 energy. You know, if you have a smart meter, you can't hide from what your consumption is. So that's a wonderful thing. We're hoping to plug that. We're very much hoping to see more recycling on screen. much less use of single-use plastics. Um, funnily enough, behind the cameras as well as in front of the cameras, we're looking at the, television has been brilliant at leading the way here. As an industry, television's got right behind uh, being more sustainable. We've seen some fantastic results. Pointless, I'm delighted to say, wins three stars. Three out of three, just in case you're thinking it's a five-star assessment. Uh, this is very impressive because I was thinking that Pointless would not score that well. I was thinking, well, it's in a massive great studio, which must be a very high ceiling, which is expensive to heat with your lighting rigs and so on and so forth. So if you've been getting three out of three, that's great. Well, you know what? thing? I mean, you, you say lighting. Lighting 
LED lighting. That's the that's the way forward. You know, we now have wonderful low energy, high wattage lighting. Another thing that people can can adopt. Um, but these are all behaviours that we have the power to to to. You know, we can we can her- we can trumpet these things on television, and we know from research how influential they are. Um, but it's really good fun having a look at some of the shows that are on there. There are a couple of little um, idiosyncratic features. Um, Grand Designs, I think, is the only factual show that I can see. And you'd expect, there. to be fair, um, you would expect Kevin McLeod to be all over that, wouldn't you? I mean, he's he's yeah, he is. Well, what am I talking about? So, come dine with me, Love Island. No, there are there are other factuals in there, but um, Kevin McLeod, as you as you know, I mean, he that man will not rest until <laughs> every house is ecologically and sustainably sound. Um, Normal people, I mean, we already love normal people, and now we can love it even more because that demonstrated all kinds of green behaviors. Peppa Pig, we mentioned it a moment ago, but yeah, Peppa Pig is, you know, that's a, that's a program that has conscientiously uh, demonstrated recycling, um, carpooling, but it's, you know, it's very particular on, on, um, on, 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 on ecological behaviors. Now, um, we then get into the into the red zone and at the bottom of the list. We've got things like Gangs of London. We've got Luther. You know, I mean, is it any surprise? I mean, I question some of the morals of, of, of the guys on screen there. Um, and no surprise. It's almost like they don't have any um, green compass at all, let alone uh-huh. a moral one. Well, it would be fun. I mean, Gangs of it would be very easy, wouldn't it, for, for Idris Elba, Luther, in character, to just to just pop a recycling bag in the recycling, wouldn't it? I mean, that wouldn't be a yeah. difficult seat. Just throw that in as he's chasing a bad guy. I mean, that do, might be... Do you know what? Do you remember how much we loved in Pop Fiction, all the chat about, the you know, the Royale with cheese and all that stuff? Yes. You know, you could have a lot of police procedurals taking place over the recycling bins <laughs> you could. while people are, Replacing you know, the water just... Exactly right. Filling up their water, their reusable, recycled material water bottles. You know, these, I mean, we jest, but these would be really, really important things to do. Because at the moment, only 2.4% of TV households are displaying these sorts of green behaviors. So, yeah, we kind of want, what we really want to come as a result of this is just for TV production up and down the country to start being aware of this as another thing that they could, they could, they can showcase. It's just another thing to uh, to have in their credentials. I like the fact that they could get quite creative with how they shoehorn it in. For example, gangs of London. They visit a, a, a house with a body. You can sense the flies and whatnot. One of them references it's a bit hot. Goes to turn down the smart meter. Boom, done. You know, little ways Boom. like that. Boom. You know, and there could even be a comment. Someone could go. Oh, God, I can't believe it. They've even got a smart meter. They've even got a smart meter. And they still keep it at this hot. God, some people. Just to hammer it home. You I are. like that. Alexander, who's yeah, the I'm most... writing the script for them. <laughs> Listen, I'm doing all the work for them. Well, Easy. And, and it's, I mean, and why not? Some people need to be spoon-fed. Alexander, let's figure this out, right? Who is, in your view, who is the most influential man, woman or character on UK TV, would you say? Richard Osman. <laughs> you, we sort of have to say that. Oh, no, I know. Oh, no, I, I do have to say I'm, I'm contractually obliged. Um, <laughs> I, who do I, what, most influential? I don't know, really. I mean, I probably don't watch enough television, really. Um, most influential? I don't, 
I tell you who I, I if, if 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 I saw him recycling on television, I would uh, I would do it is um, Lee Mack. Right, nice. Yeah. In our household, he he is God. Um, I'd also true leaf. I'll 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 do anything she says <laughs> without a second, without even questioning it. I like it. It's you almost want the people that aren't naturally leaning towards it, though. For example, you, you know, if Chris Packham tells you to recycle, he's got an army of people already on his side. They they probably already do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if, if Simon yeah. Cowell's there with his smart meter, that's a slightly different thing. That would probably surprise there most you are. viewers. Simon Cowell wandering about with a... He'd have a portable smart meter, I think, with <laughs> probably attached to a watch. Clipped to his belt, I think, yeah. his high-riding belt. Oh, just one of many things clipped to his belt, yeah. <laughs> it's taken a tangent. I wasn't expecting Alexander, but I like this. This is a lot of fun. And I'm glad you brought up Richard Osman because you're right, he is incredibly influential. In your opinion, yeah. is, is he a big eco-man? Um, I think he probably is, actually, Richard, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a man who uh, is extremely thoughtful about his position in the world and society, yes. I could be. I'd be very surprised if if he missed a step on on his uh, in 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 his sustainable lifestyle. No, I think he's. I imagine he's extremely sound. He certainly seems to have all the answers. That's for sure. Uh, Alexander, certainly. what about the Armstrong household? Are you uh, are you fully furnished with the uh, the relevant encoutrement? We are pretty much. Yes, we've uh, we are um, we have a water filter and lots of water bottles. Um, so plastic, we also, we don't use any, we have a massive load of, I mean, you know, I, I'm beginning to worry about the jute overload in terms of the number of jute bags we have at home. <laughs> we, I don't know why we've got quite so many, but the, the rack, there was a shelf on the rack that used to be the jute bag shelf. The entire rack has now become the jute rack. Um, but it does mean we, you know, we always, uh, we, we, we never, we never take a plastic bag from a shop. So that's good. What else do we do? We have an electric car. That's good. We are a, we have applied for a smart meter. In fact, we applied last year. We're still waiting for it. But um, I gather there is a there is a bit of a backlog um, for obvious reasons this year. Yes. Um, but no, we are we are we are very much. Um, I am also very much in the spirit of my father. I wander around the house, turning off lights and go, oh, who's left this light on? That. That's Things the like sign that. when you know you're grown up, isn't it? That's because you yeah, must have memories as a child of, of watching him do it. Just go, oh, come on, oh. Look, turn these things off. Exactly, so a lot of that goes on. And how? I mean, how um, far yeah. does it go? Do you unplug the TV at night, or are you not quite so? Uh, we don't do that, but I mean, that's something we probably should do because the whole and the trouble is, Sky is on is on there, and there are usually a couple of things that somebody's you know somebody's Sky Plus telling us that's meant to record at some who knows what hour after we've gone to bed. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, there are, yeah, there, that is the next step we should take. But everyone, share, we all share a bath, you know, not the whole household, but two baths does the whole house. I was going to say, otherwise so, that's a, that's a sizable tub with six of you. You know, we don't all get in it at the same time. No, <laughs> no. But, um, but you know, the, the, the kids, two at a time, they, they tend to have a bath two at a time. Yes. Um, uh, my wife and I have been married for quite a long time, so we, we don't have a bath two at a time any longer. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> those days are there. That's where the first one came from. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but um, you know, it's um, there are there are all kinds of all kinds of things you can do. But yeah, we try and save we save electricity where we can. We we save. I mean, yeah, we we recycle clothing. <laughs> you know, our kids, our poor number four is now wearing. I mean, you know, the the the, the lines, the ladder lines on on every pair of trousers here is where they've been let down after various older children, older brothers, and uh, and older cousins indeed have worn them. Well, there's uh, no need for new. That's the great thing. I mean, it no. doesn't, doesn't need new stuff. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> the- I tell you what I am passionate about is, um, is repairing. We've got a brilliant, there's a brilliant handyman near us okay. who you take things to. And if something's broken like a toaster or even an espresso machine, he fixes it. And I tell you, that is amazing. Because the thing I can't bear about our, the, sort of the culture now is that it, the minute something tiny goes wrong with a quite an expensive bit of machinery, you take it to a shop, they chuck it in the landfill and they give you a new one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's I don't like If you've got a guy that fixes it, that's absolutely perfect. We need more of those. You do, you do. Well, just people need to start tinkering more. People have stopped tinkering people, things. Exactly. People need to tinker again. That's what we want. We can do that. Alexander, I, I know that uh, we're very tight on time, so I've got a quick one for you because you're famously incredibly talented as a musician as well. Obviously, university and you've been in multiple bands etc i've got to ask you have you felt the pull of the masked singer yet of the masked singer yes. do you know i i've seen bits of it i is that what you mean i haven't i have we we as a family need to get into it probably and then as soon as our kids are into it i will be super into it well because i'm thinking you should compete in it oh i know oh if only well it's i mean it's, it can't be hard to arrange well, I mean, listen, Andy. We could start. We could we could start the uh, start the grand swell now. <laughs> you could you could go on as a giant smart meter. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. I think we've got it um, made. There we are. It's been a pleasure, Alexander. Thank you very much for your such time. a pleasure to speak to you, Andy. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. Andy J Podcast. There you go. I told you we had something to sell, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Sort of kept coming back to it, but it's all good. He was still very generous with his company and, uh, and lots of fun. So I hope you hope you like that chat. Thank you very much for your company this week. Big one on the way for you next week. Quite a serious chat, actually. Big, big, long chat to have with Linda Nolan, who is going to be talking to me about her latest battle with cancer. And she will be a full show guest on the radio and obviously we'll be going even longer with her next week on the podcast. So, simply, this is all I have left to say. You have an excellent week. Thank you very much for your company. Take care of yourself. Be nice to each other. Make someone smile. And give yourself a break, eh? Have a good one. I think you're great. Bye-bye. If you're enjoying the Andy J Podcast, we'd love a review. In fact, if you're enjoying the show, why not tell your friends? Podcasts live and die on, well, often word of mouth, so please tell your friends. Like, subscribe, review, and share. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.